0: Hello, and welcome to Things You Don't Need to Know, Season 2. As you might recall, at the end of last season, I disappeared, and a lot of people messaged me asking what I was doing and if we were ever going to return. And well, of course, here we are for Season 2. But the time that I spent away was making this season, and it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. I did all sorts of things that I never imagined I would do, like they actually sent me to Atlantic City to play in a high-stakes poker tournament. I visited some social clubs and secret societies. I, I'm ghostwriting a book. Like This is going to be a really good season. And I can't wait for you to uh, hear everything that we've come up with. So without any further ado, this is episode one. One of the most popular podcast genres is true crime. I'm sure you've heard one or possibly a few of the many hundreds of true crime podcasts. In 2019, half the top 10 podcasts were about true crime. People are fascinated by the depravity of humanity. It's the inability to look away from a car crash that makes these things so addictive. And who knows, maybe you'll end up seeing a clue that no one else can. Behind every true crime podcast, there's a home detective, a citizen sleuth. They might not have the education or experience of a real detective, but they have the curiosity and the motivation to get to the truth. I'm Ari Kagan. You're listening to things you don't need to know. And on this episode, I become a mic'd vigilante. Citizen sleuths have been tremendously successful, especially in the last few years. With the arrival of the internet, the whole world is at your fingertips. But just 35 years ago, such resources weren't available.
1: My name is Todd Matthews, and I'm widely known as the first cyber sleuth. Todd would go on
0: to become the director of case management and communication for NamUs, a branch of the U.S. Justice Department focused on identifying missing and unidentified people. But all of this would happen much later. In 1987, he was just a 17-year-old boy talking to someone, Lori Riddle, who would eventually become his wife, in their high school study hour.
1: It was Halloween time of the year, and she uh, ended up in my study hall, and we were talking about ghost stories, and she mentioned the tent girl, and it was instant fascination.
0: She was talking about it because it was her own father that discovered the body. On May 17, 1968, a young woman's decomposing body was discovered wrapped in a tarp. Her identity was unknown, so she was buried and given a tombstone that simply read, Tent Girl.
1: It was like a story that I heard before, and it was just like a whole different um, direction of life.
0: Why do you think you were so drawn to this case?
1: You know, I, I had a brother and sister that passed away at a young age. They were infants. And um, so I was used to seeing family members at a very young age as a tombstone. So uh, for me to see her tombstone, and I saw a picture of it in a magazine without her name on it, seemed so bizarre because I was used to seeing the name. It's just like, OK, this is somebody's loved one, but why is her name on not on the tombstone? So the concept of a Jane Doe was knew and it's like well i didn't like that my brother and sister were deceased but i knew where they were and i could accept it to not know where they were would be something that you could not accept i was very compelled to find a way to send her back to her family
0: so todd got to work
1: it was uh, originally it was gathering sort uh so getting newspaper articles Uh, talking to my father-in-law, getting bits and pieces. And I was a kid, so I wasn't the normal person he would want to talk to about this, but he was willing to talk about it.
0: He would prove to be a crucial resource of information. See, when the state police initially filed the case, they thought that it was a young girl, somewhere between the age of 10 and
1: 13. Because she was short, they originally decided that she was probably a kid.
0: But Wilbur Riddle, Todd's father-in-law, had discovered the body on the side of the highway, It had been seared into his memory, and he remembered it a little differently.
1: You know, he was able to see her body that was wrapped up in that canvas tent wrapper, and he said, that wasn't a kid. He said she had very well-developed breasts. Her fingernails were painted and long, and it broke off, or she'd try to scratch herself out of that bag. She was alive when they put her in the bag. Maybe not very much alive, but from his expert opinion of being a father of several kids, I had to think, well, that probably wasn't a kid. So he began creating his own case file. There was always a newspaper article every year around Halloween, they would put out another tent girl story. And it was uh, more or less a repetition of the year before, just slightly different. It's been 22 years now. It's been 23 years now.
0: If he wanted to figure out her identity, he would have to do the detective work himself.
1: It was literally driving to a library, driving to a newspaper office, or maybe talk to a local police officer, making a telephone call. But people today don't realize those phone calls were very expensive back in the day, 10, 15 cents a minute to make a telephone call. When you're making minimum wage back at the time, those were very expensive.
0: He didn't leave any stones unturned, but he wasn't really getting anywhere.
1: It was just repeated stories from 20 years earlier.
0: The case had consumed him. He was even dreaming about it. How did your wife feel about all this?
1: Lori had up and downs about my tent girl. Of course, she did not like the long distance phone calls because she would have to call her mom and dad and you know, and 10, 15 cents a minute is like okay, you can to them for five minutes and we really can't afford that. She would see the phone bill, so you made 13 phone calls and they cost us $150. I, I understand that's probably more than I made this week. Uh, I'll lay off of it a little bit. We'll, we'll try not to. Well, what did you find out? And then, not having anything significant from those phone calls was disappointing too. So it's so we spent the money and the time, and you still don't know anything.
0: But eventually, the internet would come around.
1: Yes, and I thought it was going to be great. And when the internet first came along, and you know we we're watching the news about the information superhighway my expectations for that for the internet was uh, overrated i'll say that because when i first turned on the computer and i was looking at it, it's like these are just like business cards that are just digitized and they're online there's, there's there wasn't the internet you see today it's greatly greatly changed so i literally thought well i'll just put tint girl in a search engine and she'll pop up
0: but that didn't work
1: I was having to look for terms like missing daughter, missing sister, hoping to find newspaper articles or something that would pop up. But at the time, the internet was so limited, that's when I thought, you know, I'll take all this information I've gathered, these stacks of papers, everything, comments from my father-in-law, the story of how I found out about her, put it into a website, and hopefully somebody will see it and we'll ring a bell.
0: But that didn't work either. Nobody ever reached out, and Todd was back to researching everything himself usually in the middle of the night after his wife had gone to bed.
1: I would go to bed at night when she would go to bed, and I'd wait for her to go to sleep, and then I would get up and get back on the internet. But I tried to normalize their lives, where it's not like, he's not even going to bed. So I'd pretend to go to bed and sneak back up, and if she ever caught me, it just, oh, I couldn't sleep, so I got back up. But it was every day. It mm-hmm. was literally every day.
0: This is kind of what scares me the most about becoming a detective myself. Because I I feel like I would just be consumed by it as well. And I would be eaten up by the, the anxiety of not knowing if I'd ever solve it.
1: I was looking on every new thing that popped up on the internet. And there was a website, sort of like the Craigslist of the day. It was called Crane and Hibs. It was a website where you would have like just normal things for sale. You know, houses, cars, uh, personal ads, everything. So I kind of found that. Um, missing daughter, missing sister. I found a lady looking for her missing sister, last known to be in Lexington, Kentucky, December of 1967. Well, that was her. It was her. I knew it was her. You know, it just looked so familiar. It's just like the day I met Lori. It was just like the day she first talked about Tinker. When I saw the name Barbara Hackman Taylor, it's just like that's it.
0: So he called the number on the listing, and told the family about all of his research.
1: Luckily. I had the Tent Girl website, so it's it's hard to describe that I think your sister was an urban legend in Kentucky. But look at all this collection of newspaper articles and all this story. Just take a look at this and it'll make more sense.
0: And sure enough it was her. The tent girl was officially identified in April of nineteen ninety eight by the Scott County Sheriff's Department as Barbara Ann Hackman Taylor.
1: You know, I didn't realize at the time. That that was the first time the internet was used in that manner. It was the first time it was successfully used to solve a, a couple case.
0: We'll never be exactly sure who her killer was, but the prime suspect was her husband.
1: He said she left with another man. I don't think it ever happened. I kind of feel like it was a domestic dispute. I don't think he meant to kill her. I don't know what the dispute was, but. I don't think she was dead when he put her in the bag, and I think that he thought she was dead.
0: Todd would go on to help the Justice Department start NamUs, the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, and he remains close with the family to this day.
1: They are, for whatever way, they are a family.
0: Todd continues his work with a nonprofit organization he started, Doe Network. They work with law enforcement to connect missing person cases with John and Jane Doe cases. If you're interested in learning more or volunteering yourself, you can go to donetwork.org. After the break, we check out a whole community of citizen sleuths, and me and my trusty producer, Harry Nelson, even solve a case of our own.
2: You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host, created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop
0: Welcome back. Our next guest runs one of the largest true crime and missing persons forums on the internet.
3: My name is Trisha Griffith. I am the very proud owner of Websleuths.com.
0: Websleuths.com is an online forum with over 200,000 members focused on crime and missing persons. Before Trisha bought the site in 2004, it was much like any other online message board full of trolls and conspiracy theorists. Since she took it over, it's become a very serious website that's helped solve countless cases. How many crimes do you think the members of your website have
3: solved? Well, here's here's the thing. We don't I first thing I want to stress, we do not solve crime. We can't. We don't have what the police have. But what we can do is think outside the box and and tell you two things. First of all, I can see IP addresses and I can tell you law enforcement from all over the world is reading at websleuths. So we don't know what we've helped with.
0: Trisha says that in her experience, law enforcement has been pretty reluctant to give any credit to her website and its users.
3: They'll never admit it, but we have helped in a few cases that we know of. One in particular, in 2014, a detective called me. He was from a small town in Nevada, and he said, we have this cold case. It's 23 years old. It's a guy who was shot and murdered, and we can't identify him. But he was wearing this T-shirt with this weird eagle emblem on it. We're trying to find out for 23 years where this t-shirt was made. Maybe it'll lead to who he is. He said, I'm gonna give it to you. He said, but I'm also gonna release it to the public. A random member looked at it and within 36 hours had where it was made, when it was made, who owned it, who owned it now, how much you had to pay for it. I mean, everything you could ever want. The sad thing is it did not lead to the identification, but the police could check it off and say, okay, now we've done this. And those are the types of things that we can help with. We have all kinds of verified people on our site.
0: In 2009, Abraham Shakespeare won $32 million in the Florida lottery and then suddenly disappeared. WebSleuth.com ended up being a pivotal piece in this case.
3: That was really interesting.
0: You see, the person who actually murdered him, D.D. Moore, his financial advisor, was one of the prime suspects, but police didn't have enough evidence to arrest her. Naturally, Websleuths was full of people talking about the case.
3: And she came on the forum and started posting. You know, she was trying to defend herself, posting, just rambling like a lunatic. And then she emails me and she said, um, that's not me. Somebody." is is impersonating me that's not me on the forum talking she probably realized that it was a stupid thing to do and i said really Dee, Dee?" i said because the email you sent me has an ip address and that ip address matches the person who is posting as you so are you saying somebody broke in your house and used your computer for hours and hours and she wrote back and said something like oh that was my best friend she must have done that well she was lying
0: D.D. ended up getting arrested and eventually convicted of Abraham Shakespeare's murder. Websites like WebSleuths bring people, that was a mouthful, websites like WebSleuths bring people together on mass. Never before have we been able to have 200,000 detectives working on one case at the same time.
3: All you need is an email address and the internet connection, and you can be a part of it. So I want to invite everybody to come to Websleuths.com and register. We want you, we need you, and I promise you, you're going to enjoy the experience.
0: All this talk about solving mysteries made me want to solve a mystery. And after all, I do live in New York City, a place that certain news networks would have you believe is a wasteland with crime on every corner. And they would know they have a production office on 48th Street. So I grabbed my trusty producer, who we will now refer to as Gumshoe H. Nelson, and got to work. I'm curious, just how many crimes are happening right now, all over the city? All over the city? Yeah. The first step in solving any mystery is finding the mystery to solve.
4: Where do people post about crimes? Like, oh, what about like? Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Great.
0: I had to bleep that because legally we're not allowed to discuss the individual posts on any of the neighborhood watch applications. But we didn't find any crime anyway, it was just people selling their Ikea furniture. Um, maybe you could make a post and say, Hello, my name is Ari Kagan and I'm looking for a crime to solve. If you know any, please message me. No murder or sex stuff. Thank you. (laughs) Great.
4: This is gonna, this is, I think this is gonna be good for us.
0: And it was. In just a few hours, we had a lot of responses. Needs to solve a crime of committing such a wacko post. Not helpful. Not helpful. The best crimes are murder and sex stuff. Starbucks price for a latte. Thank Someone you. replies to that, funny. That is funny. <laughs> Somebody sure. says, this is the best post ever. This That's is the content I'm here for. Thank you, I really needed that morning grin.
4: That's
0: nice. How about you start with where I placed my readers?
4: So these are like mostly old people.
0: Yeah, old people making jokes. Yeah, is a podcaster trolling for material for his show.
4: Whoa! Hey, somebody knows about us.
0: (laughs) But eventually, we stumbled upon a post that we could actually be helpful with. Help my friend find her dog. This we could do, because there's a post with the dog. Okay, great, Joey. Breed Chihuahua Rat Terrier Mixed, 16 pounds, will answer to Joey Jojo Baby Boy. Joey is a Chihuahua-Rat Terrier mix that weighs 16 pounds and responds to Joey, JoJo, and Baby Boy. He went missing at 6.30 p.m. last night on 26th and 3rd. Joey's extremely friendly but skittish, he loves big dogs, playing, cheese, and people food. This is kinda near me, 26th and 3rd. So we grabbed all the cheese I had in my fridge, and hit the streets.
4: We're on the streets. We're going to clean up these filthy streets. Dog was lost on 26th and 3rd. Didn't the dog like, live uptown, so like maybe the dog is heading home? We should probably comb that entire area. Joey! There's a dog, but it's not. not... Alright, 26th and 3rd Ave. My eyes are peeled for JoJo.
0: There's just not that many places for a dog to go here. Try as we might, this task was a lot harder than I originally thought it would be. Well, grab, let's grab something,
4: and that'll help. What do detectives usually eat? I feel like they just drink coffee. Maybe we should get coffee. Or like donuts. I'm also just kind of hungry. Yeah, me too. Well, on the way to the coffee shop, we noticed something interesting. <laughs> I've, we've seen several crimes Yeah. in this last hour that we've been walking around. We've seen many, many jaywalkers, a drug deal. Yeah over here Here's for people look. selling illegal fake merchandise that's, that's
0: technically a, that's a crime technically a crime and technically speaking witnessing a crime is solving it so we're on the corner of Broadway and 29th Street where we set a timer to see exactly how many people would jaywalk in 10 minutes
4: we'll set a timer for 10 minutes we'll tally it up 10 minutes yeah want you want to stand here watching people for 10 minutes that's what detectives do over the
0: course of 10 minutes, we witnessed 91 people jaywalking. 91 people in 10 minutes.
4: And you know, that's just one corner. There are thousands of them in, exactly. in, in, this, exactly. in this terrible Crime runs city. rampant mm-hmm. through New
0: York City. If you do some terrible math, over 150 million people jaywalk every single day in Manhattan alone. That's 10 times more people that actually are in Manhattan But that's not the point. Knowing this terrifying figure, we set our sights on the subway system. Okay, we're at the 32nd Street, Herald Square subway. I think we're gonna see 10 people hop in 10 minutes. What do you think, what's your guess? I feel like I almost never see it. Well, you hang around the wrong crowd. 10 minutes on the clock. In just 10 minutes, we witnessed two people go under, four people go through the gate, three people shimmy, and two people hop, for a grand total of 11.
4: You know, people say crime doesn't pay. Solving crime really doesn't pay. No. I mean, we're we're having a lot of fun today, but I really hope that dog is found. Alright, I'm gonna go home. Okay.
0: Alright, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little disappointed that Harry and I didn't find Joey. That being said, I've since gone back to the thread and the post has been deleted. So I'm assuming someone else did. So with that, thanks for listening. Things You Don't Need to Know is a Hyper Object Industries production. The show is hosted and written by me, Ari Kagan, and produced by Harry Nelson, Claire Slaughter, Jordan Allen, and also me. Additional help from Daniel True Amatis. Our executive producer is Adam McKay. If you like Things You Don't Need to Know, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could leave a review, it would be solving the crime of uh, why we don't have more reviews. See you next week.